Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. We now return you to regular programming. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Court Fantasy Football League Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. You can find me on Twitter or this podcast. I should you should find on Twitter at Taco Court Pod, and you'll find me at Nate530. Thanks for listening on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you are on. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review or comment on what you think about this thing or whatever we talk about. It doesn't really matter. Just let us know. And that kind of feeds some of the ideas or whatever that we got going on. And follow the show on all socials at Taco Court Pod. Joined with me today is not Tony because, yeah, Tony resigned from the podcast. And then, so I went to, <coughs> oh, shit, I'm coughing. <coughs> That's how terrible that sounded and made me think about how should I say this nicely. Uh, joining me today is Terrence from the Whiskey Flick Podcast. You've heard him here on the show before. How's it going, Terrence? It's going well. And anybody who's watching this on YouTube already knows that I'm definitely not Tony. Uh, I have, I, uh, my, my beard is far more impressive and, and dare I say, I am far more Christmas handsome. There you go. I like the Dodgers Santa Claus hat. You got the Head to toe. Dodgers Christmas Head to toe. sweater. It looks good. Um, Holiday ready. It's, it's a good time of year here going about a week and a half away from Christmas. Your season. So it's, it's the best season of all. It's one of my favorite seasons. I it like the yours. cold weather. I love the cold weather. We got some dustings of snow. We've gotten a, you know, a couple inches of snow here and there enough to shut down work for a day type of stuff. That's been kind of nice. I'm waiting for that big snow drop snowfall drop and maybe I'll just get it while I'm in New York for Christmas too. So that'll be interesting, but we'll cover the same topics that we talk about on this show on a week to week basis. We got top of mind manager on manager where we get to know each other a little bit better news and notes around the nfl and sports in general to include this fantasy football league uh we will have a draft and we'll cap out with some raves before going into banger of the week to leave you off for the week top of mind terrence for you coming out of last week into this week what do you got uh i honestly the only thing that's on my mind right now and it's corny uh is christmas mainly just mm-hmm. because i am uh I, i've had a really busy last couple of months both personally and professionally and so i am way behind the eight ball on all things christmas so all i can think about is oh my god like there's still stuff i haven't finished decorating i got plans i still got to finish making i got gifts i still got to buy so i'm i'm officially in christmas scramble mode so my nice. brain has room for a little else nice it's like you it's like whoville around you right now it's like it whoville is. it's or or jingle all the way Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to find the Turbo Man doll type of thing. That's probably closer. It's definitely much <laughs> more. Yes, the the chaos level is is high. Not quite like Christmas Eve shopping high, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely starting to think about like, oh my god, like I really need to start like leveraging that Amazon like two day shipping here <laughs> sooner rather than later. Um, is is definitely becoming a, a, a thought. So it's it's more about like just sitting down and making making the time to do it. So yeah. that's 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 front of mind. Got to get that done ASAP. How about you? Nice for me. Um, so I've been pretty busy lately. Uh, we didn't put out a podcast last week. I was just super busy and thinking about a lot of different things. So 
Uh, top of mind, I'm glad to be done with this semester of school. Is the first time that uh, you know since I left my last job and that I did full time. So being a full time employee for the job that I work, mm-hmm. go, go full time, being a parent full time, and then trying to do you know podcast, media, or whatever it may be, take care of myself health wise, whatever that may be from a physical, mental, emotional all those pillars that you got right spiritual to your own well-being um thinking a lot you know tony and me talked about it a few episodes back about reflecting i think it was in the thanksgiving episode we talked about reflecting on the year and getting into that mm-hmm. realm yep. and i'm starting to look forward to like next year hey what are things that i want to accomplish uh holding myself accountable you know talking with some of our friends that we got here within the league and seeing what, hey, what are some things that you want to be held accountable for as well, too, and kind of creating sort of that accountability within, you know, a bunch of us. Uh, It happens here and there on a day-to-day, you know, on a every now and then basis where we kind of check each other and stuff like that personally, um, but making it a regular thing. So Mm. looking at next year, maybe doing some things of, you know, maybe next week, whoever's on, uh, maybe we'll end up getting Tony back on, but um talking about things we want to get be accountable for going into the new year and then maybe doing the end of the the last week of the month type of episode and touching Mm -hmm. on some of those points or whatever to keep us keep us on track and see where we grow and what we end up doing for the for the next year so nice uh, not so much i guess a resolution thing but really trying to you know adjust the way that we look at things or do things i Mm -hmm. guess you would say right and and having people around you that are going to support it and not let you um you know, falter from where you say you want to go. So, which uh-huh. I think is one of the great things about our friend group that we got here. So like that's it. on top of mind. Uh, my daughter turned nine years old. So I've yes. gotten her to breathe for, I don't know how many days that is, 2000 something days. <laughs> and I'm proud of myself for that. <clears throat> Big uh, success. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. We had a little thing here that's at the awesome. house. I wanted to take her to a Nuggets game to her first NBA mm-hmm. game. She's all into sports. So I was like, Hey, well, we go check out a Nuggets. I think the Jazz were in town or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, cool. And then like an hour later, she's like, wait a minute. Can we just watch football on Sunday and have the guys over and then my friends? And then we'll just play while football is on on a Sunday. And you could barbecue. And I was like, okay, if that's what you want to do. So we did that. Nice. Um, that's kind of. It was cool. It was neat to see. Um, the thing is, is that we invite a few people or whatever like that, close friends and stuff like that. Tony couldn't make it because his house got the flu. One of our friends, Ugh. Nick, that mm-hmm. lives on down my street that knows a bunch of us, not the Nick that's in this league, but his house got the flu. So that was like two adults, four kids right there. Yeah. Right. And then, and Layla's best friend is Tony's son. So there's that. Our other friend, Matt Kendall, he came, but he couldn't bring his kids because they got pink eye. So there was another oh, two geez. kids that were missing. So the only two kids oh that ended God. up coming, Brandon was in Florida for work. Um, mm. And then another guy, I forget what it was, but they were gone too. So uh, Nick in this league, he was gone. He was at mm. the, he has season tickets to the Bengals. So he was in Cincinnati for that. Or oh, wow. So it was me, Matt Kendall, Trey and his wife showed up with their two kids. Their two kids are a little older or whatever like that. But his oldest son ends up getting sick while he's here at the house, so he felt like crap. So uh, his, my daughter basically played with his youngest son the whole time. She had a blast. Man, she loved that's it. That's awesome. Um, Tony dropped off a gift or whatever, and that was pretty cool. 
my daughter got a bunch of jerseys for Halloween. One thing nice. too, though, is Trey got Layla's all into Nerf guns and stuff like that too, right? She's your typical mm-hmm. tomboy. So Trey got her this like motorized automatic, like ten bullet magazine Nerf gun, and then <laughs> nice. this target thing that's pretty cool. It sits on the ground and it holds up like three ping pong type balls through like mm-hmm. air pushing up. So yep. you can use that as target practice, and it comes with the gun. So now Layla and Miley, my two kids, they lay on the floor like they're snipers and try to shoot these things. Except every <laughs> morning, I get them ready. They come downstairs, finish packing their lunch. I have all their lunch foods or whatever. And like, hey, get your lunch boxes and your backpacks ready for school, your shoes mm-hmm. on, your jackets and all that stuff while I finish getting ready. Since Sunday when we had this thing and we're recording on a Tuesday so it's two days in a row now mm-hmm. every time I come downstairs in the morning I get blasted with a dart right to the middle of the forehead because she's waiting for me <laughs> around a corner and I come down the stairwell and it's like boom right or whatever and then they and then they just laugh as they shoot me with nerf guns so thanks Trey um, it's fun the kids love it it's fun for me to try to now like dodge bullets and stuff like that but right I got right two coming at me but it's it's interesting it's fun my kids are happy i'm happy so that's good let's move on to manager <laughs> on manager so it's a segment um where we get to know each other a little bit better it's the basis of what we started this podcast was we have 12 managers in the fantasy football league we're scattered around the globe and it's the best way for us to kind of understand each other know each other a little bit better so i got a question for you tony or not tony jesus christ that's <laughs> once once again i am definitely not tony you could tell i'm not nothing about this me, nothing like, okay, about this says tony where am i in the show note all right terrence what's your favorite christmas yes. present that you've ever given my favorite christmas present so um over the past like few years i've been really gravitating more and more towards um giving experiences i think it has a lot to do with like as i get older as like my friends and family get older it's not always feasible like you know sometimes it's easier to like ship gifts and stuff like that um but like more and more i've tried to lean into if i think of like a cool thing to do like for or with someone um that's that's been like my go-to so i think my favorite ever um would be uh, i was pre-pandemic so it would have been like 2018 i think or 2019 Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think it was 2018. I gave uh, my mom actually for Christmas. Um, we got she's a huge Angels fan. And I'm obviously a huge Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got tickets. Um, and it was actually right around her birthday and Mother's Day, which is in May, um, to Freeway Series uh, nice. of Dodgers and Angels. Um, and we got like the clubhouse seats. So like the ones where you get like the nice fancy restaurant that's behind home plate. You get seats yeah. that are like behind home plate. Um, and, and we just had a total blast. So it was fun to just go and like spend the day and, and kind of do something with our family that we all love and kind of do it up big. So that was nice. definitely mine. What about yours? Yeah. Um, the one that stands out to me is just the reaction that I got out of the person. So I think it was probably somewhere around like 2004, maybe that had been Christmas, 2004, 2005. Um, I grew up with not much, right. My parents worked day in, day out, family business stuff or whatever like that, but they always made sure that we were taken care of and they would go without a lot. Right. So when I got out of high school, I was helping out with my parents' businesses. And then I was also working overnight at Walmart. 
And so at this time, I'm 17, 18 years old. It's the most money I've ever made in my life. I don't have any bills because I'm living at home. So I just had cash, right? And this is kind of like when DVDs were really becoming full-on mainstream, I guess you would say, just regular DVD and then uh, Blu-ray around a little bit after, I think, Blu-ray. But DVDs were had been out for a couple years, I think, or whatever like that. But we could never have – we never had a DVD player. We were still doing VHSs and stuff like that. So I got my dad like this combo VHS DVD player thing, right? Nice. Yep. But my dad's never really received something that where someone thought of something that he maybe has always wanted, but never had, right? And he understood mm-hmm. like at that time, like, you know, $120 was a ton of money to my family, whatever mm-hmm. like that. So for me to spend that just on my dad to watch better quality movies, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um this is back when you're paying like 30 bucks for a DVD when it comes out too, right? Now you're kidding. The new DVD you could basically get for like 10 bucks. Yeah. But um, (laughs) when my dad opened it, he broke down in tears or whatever like that. And it kind of just made me think about like, you know, everything that they did for us or whatever. And like Mm -hmm. his gratitude towards that, just, it's just a DVD player, right? Like Mm -hmm. just to play movies, but it was like the best tech that was out there. My dad's never had anything around that. So that's like the number one thing that I, I remember. And it's just from the reaction. I ne- that was the first time I ever saw my dad cry in my life. Right. So, wow. and he's a big dude. He's like, at the time he, he's shrunk now cause he's older, but he was like six two, probably like a two seventy five or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like knuckles, the size of knuckles on his hands, the size of like my big toe knuckle, like just <laughs> the stature of him and to see him yeah. break down was, it kind of like made me think about things a lot more as a, as a young adult i guess you would say that's cool puts it in perspective yep yep question for me uh yeah so this is kind of an echo back to what was on top of mind for me but obviously we're halfway through the holiday season i mean it's literally what 11 days to 11 12 days till christmas um so what is that must do christmas activity that you still haven't done yet that the clock's ticking on some people within this legal think this is outrageous but I have not watched a Christmas movie. Any of oh. them. So not nah, Elf, like actually sat down, I guess you would say. Because we did have National Lampoon's Christmas vacation going on while we decorated the tree. But mm-hmm. that took about 30 minutes. And then we went off and did other things. The kids went and did something. I did something. I haven't like taken the time to really sit down. Just been super busy. Then other things going on in life that have taken up time um time in my dome in my space right to where i haven't yep. been as attentive i guess you would say to that so yeah i watch a christmas movie so now that i think about it i should probably do that tomorrow with the kids like well hey let's sit down and watch a christmas movie they like to put out blankets on the living room and like act like we're slumber partying and stuff like that right and like nice. bring down sleeping bags and pillows and get the popcorn and drinks and stuff like that so like it that sounds like a Wednesday night thing that we're going to do. So, yeah. Nice. For the reminder like there. So, <laughs> that's a good one. How about you? Oh, yeah. Well, I won't glom onto that one, but I certainly could watch more Christmas movies. I've watched a nice. couple. Uh, I'd already told you about my shopping and decorating uh, delay. So, I'll pick something a little different. Uh, my favorite thing to do during the season, like for me, like – Yes, decorating, yes, gifts, like all those kind of like token things. But for me, like the holidays are about like people and trying mm-hmm. to like con- to, trying to connect with as many people as I can. I have like my family that lives out of state 
comes back for visiting during Christmas, um, you know, seeing whatever like friends or local. I, I don't really travel during the holidays, but just trying to like connect with as many people as I can um, mm -hmm. and go out and do Christmas stuff. Like whether it's like go to like see the festival lights at the Mission Inn or like I did finally do my first Christmas outing with people yesterday because I went with my nieces and nephews to um, to Universal Studios and it's all decorated up and we saw the nice. Grinch and all that kind of stuff um, and Harry Potter Christmas and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, more more of that. Like I just feel like I haven't seen a lot of people and done um, like done holiday things. I want to go to Candy Cane Lane. I want to go see the lights up, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Um, so that is probably pretty high up on my list to start kind of getting those things actually on the books instead of a like, we should do this. And then we never do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a big thing too. Now that I think yeah. about it too, so been in my little cocoon. So, you know, I got to get friendsmas on the calendar, and family, and like fa family. To, for, pretty much, it's all family next weekend. So, just try to try to make time for all the other things outside of like the day itself. Yeah, um, this is my first Christmas that I'm going to be away from the kids. Right, it, like last mm -hmm. Christmas, it was the first year that uh, everything was kind of finally separated or whatever like that. So. Um, but it's had me thinking about it too, because, you know, we're going to talk about it later on with, uh, head coach, Mike Leach passing away, but like over the last few months, like I've had like three people that I've known very closely, at least in my younger, before I joined the military stuff, people that, were, you know, I played sports with uh, a guy who was a coach and a, a teacher. He taught us how to DJ and we would DJ for him. Like, Part of his business he would dj one place we would dj another thing um like teenage parties and stuff like that he would open his house to us if he was out of town so that we could throw parties and all that kind of stuff when we got out of high school it was a really nice dude or whatever but like there's been like three people that i was close to in my life at some point or another that have passed away since like the beginning of november and one recently uh a guy i went to school with his name's keegan burton he just passed away two days ago he had he's oh two years younger than me. So 34 years old, um, has a family and stuff like that. But, um, over the weekend when, you know, Trey and Matt were here or whatever like that, I started thinking about that a lot too. And just kind of reflecting of like, Hey, you know, when Josh Peterson was on this podcast a while back, right. When we did his intro episode, um, you know, I asked him like, Hey, what'd you think of me the first time we met or whatever? He's like, Oh, you're kind of like this, but then you realize like you're a guy who just likes to get people together. And I haven't really done that since I got here too much, right? I've just been busy in my own bubble or whatever like that. So that's something that I, over the last month or so that's been on my mind of, you know, I'm a social person. Mm -hmm. I can be very closed off and stuff like that, but I, I really enjoy and thrive being around people. Um, maybe it's an entertainment thing that I enjoy doing. I like making people laugh or whatever that may be. Um, but I just enjoy people, family and stuff like that. So that's something that um, has been on my mind too. So. Yeah, probably won't get to that before Christmas time or whatever like that this year. But, um, you know, something to look forward to later on. Um, but definitely this time of year makes you, I feel like, kind of think of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on. News and notes. We are going to cover the standings and the playoff bracket, sort of playoff bracket. The teams that are in the playoffs, teams that are in the SACO tournament to get punished by the end of the year of our fantasy football league. This is what it was started with. This is what we talk about. This is what we live, breathe, and die. Every single year, trophies, 
punishments last year i jumped into a i had to do a polar plunge i jumped into a freezing stream that was coming off of a frozen lake it was terrible Mm -hmm. feel like it shrunk my body a little bit so maybe i should do it again i'm getting a little (laughs) fluffy here as it gets cold in colorado but standings Mm -hmm. update the six teams that are in our playoffs fighting for a championship you got two teams that are looking to get number three and one other team looking to get number Oh, no, three teams looking to get three, their third championship, one looking to get their second. Finishing out the league in first place, nine and five, the only nine and five team, the best record in Taco Court Fantasy Football League is the Pocket Dogs and James. You got four teams sitting at eight and six. Passwords Taco, amazing season. This guy was four and six at one point and then finished off the season on a four win, four game win streak to get himself up to second place. Over the history of the league, he's been the the most predominant, dominant player out of everybody. Every year he's in the top two, and it looked like this year he might be out of the playoffs. And then his team just flipped a switch, and he's here, right? And it's it's almost like a, well, we should have known type of thing. It's like Tom Brady coming back down two touchdowns <laughs> with, you know, two touchdowns with seven minutes left, and they're going to punt the ball. Uh, who can who can who can come back from this game? Tom Brady can. Who can come back from a four and six start and win four in a row to get into second place? Clint. It just seems like it was fate. You got Matt and the Boner Jams 03. You got the Eskimo brothers and Josh sitting there in fourth place. Yours truly, the Vinegar Strokes, and fifth place at eight and six. I needed a win to get in because I don't have as many points as everybody. I started off the season <laughs> slow. I've been on a tear. Since DeAndre Hopkins came back, some of the players that I went in on early um, have panned out to be very consistent players for my team. Score me in that 130 to 150 range, right? Which you you have a really good shot of winning in this league. We started a lot of players. So, you know, if you could just be consistent and some of those boom bust weeks that we talked about at the early of the season don't happen, you can do pretty well. I think my team's pretty set to, to make a run. And then the team I beat got in by a points differential, and that is Brandon and Too Hot to Handle. So he's in sixth place. They're going to face Boner Jam. So three and Matt in week one. I faced the Eskimo brothers. Out of these teams, who do you feel is the favorite to win Taco or Fantasy Football League this year? Jeez. So I spent a lot of time going through each of the individual lineups, obviously, because I didn't know them, uh, you know, intimately off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of overall roster construction, um, I narrowed it down to two. I will pick one, but I, okay. I narrowed it down to two that I really, really like. Um, I really like Matt's team uh, and I really like Clint's team. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, I, I picked Matt just a little bit over Clint and that mainly has to do with like, I compared their kind of like top three folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt's got Jalen hurts. Yeah. The dudes, the dudes like, I mean, he he's inside track for MVP this year. I, I that's my personal opinion. I, I, know I lost like a, a matchup. <laughs> I, I lost the matchup two weeks ago because Jalen Hurts put up like 40 something yeah. points and didn't play in like the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave it at this. So Taco Corp is the only league that I'm not making the playoffs in this year of all the leagues that I'm playing. And it's the only one I'm, I'm not sure the playoffs. I'm and, sure. Terrence. And, but the, my point to that is 
um, all of those teams are constructed like mats. They have Hertz at the top. They have mm-hmm. people like Saquon Barkley. They have people like Justin Jefferson. Like they have that top three yeah. construction um, that I think is enough to carry over the finish line. Clint a close second because again, he also has a really strong top three. Like it's like he's got Mahomes, he's got CMC, he's got Kelsey. So I mean, he's yeah. gonna you know he's gonna put up some points. He's not a the fact that he had those top three and to your point, almost didn't make the playoffs is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Um, almost as crazy as having Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and not making it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah, so that's my take. I got, I, I got Matt, but I think, I, I think I, I definitely see a universe where Clint, where Clint takes it. Yeah. Uh, I like both of those teams. I, I put Clint above Matt for the sake that he has Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. He has such an advantage at those two positions. And then having CMC, um, you know, the Niners getting into that, hey, we're going to dominate type of realm of, fuck, I got the burps of football. Um, and they're fitting him in. And now without Debo Samuel in the lineup, you know, he's going to be catching a lot more of those passes out of the backfield and stuff like that because they do a really good job of scheming both of those guys to create such mismatches against offenses, yeah. right? Like, you're going to put Debo Samuel and Kyle Huszczyk in the backfield with CMC out spread wide because Debo's put up against a corner and he's going to have to be in the middle and maybe he runs the ball or you throw it to Christian McCaffrey because he's usually lined up against a linebacker and all that kind of stuff. What we saw from the dolphins at the beginning of the year as well. So I really, I really liked my team. I do like my team still. Um, It looks like I'm missing going to miss out on Damian Pierce for the next couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. Debo went out with a high ankle sprain as well. Um, The one thing I will say is I believe that my team has more depth than anybody else in the league. I have receivers that could start on teams that I can fit in. Uh, I have a good set of running backs as well that were like lower end draft picks and stuff like that have panned out well. Brian Robinson's done pretty solid. Zeke, Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon, right? Some guys there. So, um I'm looking to just hopefully stay consistent. And if one of these other guys can get a good injury that hurts their team a little bit more, right? Like, you don't really pray for an injury on a player, but, yeah. you know, maybe pull up lame a little bit, have a little strain here or there that's going to be fine and get you to, you know, play in week 18, mm-hmm. right? And get ready. You sit them down because you're getting ready for the playoffs. I think is what I need, but. I'm going to just label myself the favorite because it's my (laughs) podcast in my league. And I want to be the only one to win three. Me, James, and Brandon all have two championships. We're the only ones that have two championships. So for the one of us to have three is going to be pretty monumental for where we go forward in the league. But as long as Josh doesn't win because he auto-drafted and I play him (laughs) this week. So that means that I'll probably lose. (laughs) He Let's, man, that's if if there was an award for for comeback. I mean, the fact that he auto drafted. I remember he got all those team quarterbacks that were yeah. on his bench. The fact that like that happened and he still made the playoffs. It, mm-hmm. I, I think if there was a comeback, well, uh, but almost like Clint kind of had the big comeback too. I don't know, mm-hmm. two of them. They'd be fighting for com- for for comeback manager of the year for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's move on to the Sacco bracket. So the the way we do our league is we don't punish the player who finished last in the regular season although this year i kind of hoped that there was a team who didn't 
beat you last week, Terrence, and that is Tony, because Tony was at the bottom of the standings. I don't want to talk one, about last week. He's the one who's bitched about this Sacco Award the yes. entire season, off season for two, three years. He right? has. So I really was hoping that you would beat him because he would have been the bottom team in the league. Yeah. And with him being the bottom of the team of the league and then potentially get the Sacco in the tournament that we run, that would have been the icing on the cake because – even if he just got it in the regular season, be like, all right, that's the Zacco, right? No, that's not the rules. All of a sudden, he likes the rules, right? Something yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. he's already been punished twice. He's looking for his third punishment. I hope he gets it. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyways, at 7-7, seven and seven, get, missing the playoffs by a point differential to Brandon Ugh. and too hot to handle is I share my balls for this in Trey. Um, and then at 6-8, and eight, the rest of the league finished 6-8. and eight. So that is going to be three penis wine, Milford Academy, Tony Patriot, Murder Boners, and IR Fiverr and Niner. That's Chad at the bottom. So he's our regular season loser. He has the least amount of points out of everybody in this. Let's, I should say something about Brandon's team, right? Brandon squeaked into the playoffs because he started seven and three, went on a four game losing streak. He has not had the luck of the draw burning down yeah (laughs) yeah and he snuck into the playoffs luckily because he could have been a candidate for the sacco but also nick nick did pretty well this year too because he started the league one and eight and was at the bottom of the standings and finishes with a five game win streak to get to six and eight right so his team's coming along those Bengals have started playing pretty well for him so out of this who do you believe is going to end up with the sacco So uh, again, I kind of had to go through the, the, the lineups. I love the fact that you called out by the way, like the near miss on the seven and seven. And I know you and I talked a little bit offline about the parody just in general, like the fact, the fact that between second place and, you know, eighth place was a two game difference. is kind of crazy. I, there are no other leagues I play in that are that close. (laughs) So I love the competitiveness. Um, I will say that after looking at all over, I, I think so serendipity it would be tony to your point yes like that would be the ultimate like the eh, like what would create the most drama at the end of the season it would be tony (laughs) yeah i think i think just based on roster construction i have octavio yeah and i and it's for a cut like he's he's soft at so many positions like there's so many like he's had he's been hit pretty hard by injuries a lot of us have like the second half has been brutal for injuries to like big names um mm-hmm. i think across the board but he it looked like he's been affected most his depth is a little bit questionable um there's been usage changes on teams that he has um obviously lamar going down is is a challenge mm-hmm. for him so he's got i think a a pretty steep uphill climb yeah so yeah octavio would be my take <clears throat> I'm with you there too. I think it's going to end up being Octavio. We'd all wish for it to be Tony just because it would be comedic for the conversation. Sorry if I almost made you spit your beer out. <laughs> Tony is it's whiskey and Tony is okay. better content. Tony, Tony, to, to, you already mentioned it. So, but just to nail, just to put the nail in that coffin, Tony getting the sacco is number one for content purposes. Yeah. 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 Like any Tony should wish for that for content. Purposes. He should. Yeah. Because he'll because it'll fire up stuff on fifty eight West King. Like I mean, there'll be I, I can't man. I, I would just grab my popcorn if Tony <laughs> like and, and just and that's that's my whole month of January's entertainment. That's all my post New Year's entertainment. Yeah. Um, but I think the numbers say Octavio. Sorry, yeah. Octavio. <laughs> if Tony gets it, we name our Sacco the Tony, and then <laughs> maybe I find a somebody on Fiverr to three D print 
a head of Tony into a statue. So, and then you have to have it like on in your main living room on a mantle or whatever, That's right. Amazing. For the, for the rest of the year. So that, could you imagine that? Like Tony's kids, dad, why is there a statue of your head there? Right. And for him to have to explain how, how terrible he is at fantasy football or for anybody else just to have a statue of Tony's head. Right. That, that would be, that would be the best. So. It would certainly be a talking piece uh, in in any living room that it's present in. Just don't What's... accidentally three D print my head, because again, not Tony. Not Tony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might just do it anyways. That just might be the, you know. Hey, we'll see if we'll see. You know, like I'm still learning this whole taxes thing after mm-hmm. you know being out of the military and stuff. You get a right. lot of breaks and benefits yeah yeah and you know depending on where you're at you don't have to pay state tax or whatever like that whatever you claim for residency and stuff like that so i gotta pay state tax now luckily colorado is not that bad i think it i think we just went up for certain income earners i don't think if i fall i don't think i fall on that but i think we're under four percent for a state tax which is pretty dope and they do a lot of really good things here um not to get super political but one of the cool things they did this year when like we just had our voting cycle right and one thing that got voted in was um, free school lunch for all, all K through 12 students. That's so awesome. they did it during the COVID year and then, or last, last school year, they didn't do it this year. And then they voted it in to just be a permanent thing. And it's like mm-hmm. a 10th of a percent of tax revenues necessary from certain income earners or something like that. Right. And I don't know how high it is or whatever, but it's not much to be able to feed every kid, you know, at least a, a school lunch and breakfast, you yeah. know, get two warm meals throughout the day and you never know what people's lives are like. So it's pretty neat. Some of the stuff that the state does um, and still be able to keep the tax right. low. Right. Mm-hmm. And still be able to keep the tax low and everybody kind of has a bunch of free will. And I think we legalize shrooms. So shout out <laughs> us, but way to but, go Colorado. But we did not vote in, and I say we as a state, we did not vote in allowing wine to be sold in anywhere else but a liquor store. So you can't go to your grocery store and buy wine, but you can get a 12-pack of beer or whatever like that, right? But maybe that's just to you know, help the grocery stores out and not have to remodel what their store looks like. I don't know why people did it, but state. you could do shrooms. You can't get liquor at the same place you get your, your beer and your groceries, so. Dude, we could have a whole podcast about the weird liquor laws in all kinds of different states. <laughs> Meanwhile, here in California, the last time I bought whiskey, I got it delivered to my house. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think they got that. I think they didn't vote that either or something like that. There was like a couple things with liquor and stuff like that because we're one we're one of the so more dumb. progressive states when it comes yeah. to like, you know, things or whatever like that. It's pretty cool. So, so you can um, buy weed, but you can't. <laughs> you could buy weed. You can buy marijuana, you can buy... but you can't. Yeah, but you you could buy you can't shrooms. Get your, you can't get your liquor delivered. Yeah, you could buy shrooms. You can't get your liquor delivered to you or whatever like that. So. Bizarre. But it's fun. But it's pretty cool. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But All right. Out. That's our league winners and our sackos. Maybe the sacko has to do a big-ass bag yep. of shrooms and trip balls. Like, um, what is that movie with the fucking cops? Um, where he, takes the, he eats the whole bag of shrooms right before. I forget. Dang it. Everybody listening right now is going nuts. Um should I Google it real quick? With Farva. With Farva. Oh, Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Yeah, so Super Troopers, right? Like, that should be somebody's thing. Like, hey, we're going to drive really crazy, and before the cop comes up, you're going to have to eat the whole bag of shrooms. So. I don't know why my head went to the cops eating shrooms. That's why I was like, what are you 
talking about? I was like, wait, what uh, movie? What movie did the cops eat shrooms? Uh, all right, let's touch on some uh, NFL news and notes. Uh, look, I'm a Niner fan. I Before the season started, bought some tickets to go to see the Niners play the Broncos in Mile High Sunday Night Football. The place was rocking. Then Jimmy Garoppolo steps out the back of the end zone. The Niners lose 11 to 10 to the Denver Broncos who can't score, right? This is where we really started to understand that the Broncos were not the team that we thought they would be. Before that game, bought me and my family all Trey Lance jerseys. Trey Lance is the new guy, the future. He's probably going to be here while he gets hurt. Told myself, hey, not going to buy a Jimmy Garoppolo jersey because we already did that, right? Like karma. Christian McCaffrey comes to the team. I'm jacked. Even though in episode one of this podcast, me and Trey talked about it. I was like, yo, Christian McCaffrey's not going to be able to run between tackles, his body frame. He's going to get injuries. It's come to fruition over his career. I don't want it to happen anymore. I need it to happen. So I can't buy a Christian McCaffrey jersey, right? The baddest white dude in all of football, essentially, right now. Um, From a skill position, like people, white dudes don't play that. We hype each other up when it comes to that. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. dude. You're not Peyton Hillis. Can't buy that jersey. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, and I think it's because I was looking at jerseys on the internet, trying to find something to buy my daughter for her birthday, and I was looking at Niner jerseys, and I clicked on Jimmy Garoppolo. I decided not to buy it. He gets hurt first drive of the game against the Miami Dolphins. The Niners are down seven to nothing, and Brock Purdy comes in, Mr. Irrelevant, pick 262 out of the NFL draft out of Iowa State, turned down an offer from Alabama to go to Iowa State, leads Iowa State in all of their passing records. He outgunned Jalen Hurts while he was at Oklahoma as well. Uh, mm. He he did a bunch of great stuff over there. Mr. Relevant, third-string quarterback. Nobody knows who he is. He played well in the preseason, outplayed Trey Lance in the preseason, and dominates to lead the Niners to victory. And then the following week, he welcomes the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, and all of his Super Bowl rings. This team's on a on a little bit of a heater. They just come back from being down two scores, seven minutes left, punting the ball to New Orleans Saints. And he welcomes him to the Bay Area and puts on a clinic, leaving Tom Brady to wonder if he could even get the job in San Francisco next year because people were rumoring that he might want to come to San Francisco with all the weapons and all that kind of stuff. Win himself a championship. He's from the Bay Area. His family lives in the same house that he grew up in. He doesn't even need to buy a house. He could just move in with mom. You know, it's not like he's got a bunch of bunch of people living with him currently right now yes, um <laughs> sad story man i i don't like the fact that his divorce was out there so public that that's gotta suck like i know i went i went through one and it was terrible with just my homies knowing right and yeah. i can't imagine being in that spotlight and everybody saying this and that and criticizing and all that kind of stuff anyways he dominates the buccaneers they win 35 to 7 Two weeks in a row, Brock Purdy, his dad's crying as in the stands as the entire Levi Stadium is chanting Purdy, Purdy, right? It's like, an, you know, everybody says, oh, it's like Rudy or whatever. Like, I can't imagine. I felt like I started to tear up when I saw the clips and stuff like that because it's like that's a feel-good moment, right? Like you, your kid's just the last dude bit picked. Nobody gave a shit, and then he gets a chance, and he's, and he's doing well. He's on a good team. Seems to be processing the offense pretty well. Do you think Brock Purdy can lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance this year, Terrence? And if he takes them there, or he's just on a deep playoff run, right? NFC mm-hmm. Championship game, gets gets a playoff win. Should he end up being the starter next year over Trey Lance? 
Man. All right. So this is the beginning of me probably being the wet blanket on a lot of these NFL <laughs> takes this week. Um, because I think that the um, I, I, I'm going to say it for I'm going to say it for Brock Purdy, and I'm going to end up repeating it for a couple of these. I think that more so than most weeks, uh, NFL Twitter and the sort of NFL like hype machine is in mm-hmm. like way too much overdrive for for yeah. me. Like uh, Brock Purdy has looked great so far, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Lance looked great so far. There's a reason why they named him the starter, right? Mm-hmm. I think that for both of those players, it's a small sample size. I think that you make a compelling case for Brock Purdy. If they make a deep playoff run, I don't, I don't know that I buy the, and, may, and mainly like, I, I know I give you a lot of shit about the Niners just because I'm an LA fan. So that just mm-hmm. like, it comes with the territory. I'm not going to give the 49ers credit for anything because bless your heart. That's just not, that's not, yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> the Rams ain't doing shit this year. Um, I I've accepted that we've moved on. Um, but no, I, I I think that the Niners I, – I think the biggest concern for me with the Niners is injuries. Like no matter how good Brock Purdy is, like I'm starting mm-hmm. to worry about the injuries piling up on that team. It's been a thing, right? And mm-hmm. like obviously, you know, you, you called out CMC earlier. And I will say knock on wood, like this year has been good to the traditionally brittle glass – RBs, the CMCs, the Saquon yeah. Barkleys of the world, the people who like the big names who get hurt, they've, they've survived the year so far. So, you know, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm boy who cried wolf a little bit, but I, I, I do have a lot of concerns about that in terms of the ability to go deep into the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl. Um, I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so, so that's sort of my take on all that. I, I think that you got a really compelling case for Brock Purdy and Trey Lance to fight for the job in the preseason. Cause I don't think either one of them has locked in the position enough to be the runaway starter next year. Um, I think Jimmy G is looking for a job next year is, yeah. the reality, is, is the part of all this that nobody's really talking about. Cause he's not, I mean, he's, he's not on a deal anymore. So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure where he goes, but he's, he's when you've got two young studs ready to rock like that, you know, why would mm-hmm. why would you bother re-signing a Jimmy G? Yeah. Yeah, I think Jimmy G's probably out the door, but I think he showed enough this season for other teams to be like, okay, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. So the only thing that kind of stinks from the 49ers' perspective is they're not going to be able to trade, right? Because yep. he's a free agent. So yep. you're he's not going to get yep. anything for a guy who's going to go potentially win double-digit games for a team. All the yep. dude does is win, right? And he gets a bad rap because he doesn't – do the long ball and stuff like that, yep. but he does enough works within the confines of the stuff to put up points and not yep. make the big mistakes, I guess you would say. So, and, and the, the, <clears throat> the other kind of related to problem with that too, is then you make the argument of, okay, maybe instead you try to trade one of the young studs, right? You try yeah. to trade Purdy or Lance, but you haven't seen enough yet. Like you could maybe make the case for Brock, right. As he kind of plays through, but then, if he makes that deep playoff run to your point, right? If he closes the season strong, you kind of want to keep him around. And then have we really seen enough of Trey Lance to actually get his value on the trading block? And I think it's yeah. no, like he's yeah. not been proven enough as an NFL starter at this point. I think you, you short sell him if you do. So yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a, it's a too much talent and, and not clear on what to do with the problem for the Niners at quarterback. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you never know what it ends up being like, right? Like you can, like, is there a trade opportunity for a guy like 
Aaron Rodgers, but they also have Jordan yep. Love, who they kind of believe in as well, right? They kept on the roster for a while. Who's getting impatient, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, but you know, maybe a team like Washington, someone who needs some pizzazz or something like that, right? Something to lift yep. up the team as they go into new ownership or whatever it is after these tough times and have somebody besides, you know, everybody loves Taylor Heineke. I love Taylor Heineke too. I root for the guy. I think he's a stud. Um, and I like guys like that. I like these underdog guys. That's why I'm a big Jared Goff fan. Um, you know, but people that get a bad rap when they're one of the best to play currently in the world, right? One of 32 essentially. So, uh, yeah, maybe they can do something there, but then what do you do? Do you resign Jimmy G? Cause you need a backup quarterback as well too. Right. And that's, what's kind of saved the Niners is they had a competent backup quarterback who yep. took them to a super bowl. It took them to an NFC championship game yep. and um, he was the backup. So it's like, hey, you didn't skip a beat, but then yep. the third string comes in and does the same things. I do have some concerns this week as they go Thursday night to Seattle where yep. it's an in-division game. It's a rival, right? There's a lot of history there. Michael Crabtree, Richard Sermon on opposite sides, uh, you know, an underthrown ball by Colin Kaepernick and, you know, who knows what ends up happening. So yep. changes to the Super Bowl ring perspective for the San Francisco 49ers. But I think that this might be one of those, hey, come back to life a little bit. The NFL is a hard thing to do. It's hard to mm -hmm. win in the NFL. We saw Tom Brady struggle last week, and he's the greatest to ever yep. do it. You've seen Aaron Rodgers, who's back-to-back -back MVP, struggle this entire year as well. Um, it seems like one of those – a letdown spot for Brock Purdy and the 49ers yeah. going to Seattle. That loud crowd's going to be like, hey, we ain't letting this seventh-round last pick 262 <laughs> guy that everybody hypes up and thinks he's the next Tom Brady because he's the unknown guy that ended up getting a shot because of an injury or anything like that. Yep. And that the decibel levels of that place are going to be outrageous for a Thursday night football game. Gino's been on a slump. It seems like a, a classic get back game for the Seattle Seahawks, even though the Niners are, I believe a three, three and a half point favorite, maybe a five and a half, somewhere around there. They're, yep. they're a good favorite, but on the road it's hard to win. The Niners haven't had a road, true road game in like five or six weeks. The only mm -hmm. time they've been on the road is to go to Mexico City. So they played at the comfort of home. Now yep. you've got different weather, you know, different temperatures. Maybe it's a little wet, something like yep. that. Seems like one of those things. But I like Brock Purdy. I like the story. And I think that's what mm -hmm. really everybody really likes, right? Yep. Little, you know, we live in an area, society, and I fall subject or subjective or however you say that word to this at times, right? Where it's like little man can't get ahead type yep. of thing or when's my break type of stuff and to mm -hmm. see somebody like Brock Purdy um you know nobody's really watching Iowa State football you maybe if you play college DFS because they mm -hmm. score a lot of points in the Big 12 and nobody plays defense in that division or that conference yeah but the, nobody knew who this dude was right so you want to root for him and I want to see yep. him do well and I think the story's cool the fact that his parent, his dad was crying, the thing just like tugs at me as well too, right? Mm -hmm. When I see my kids achieve something or they do something well, totally, it, it makes you feel like you did something okay as a parent, right? Like yeah, there's a lot of pressure to be a parent. So, I think if he leads him to this a Super Bowl appearance, or uh, I think he can. I think the mm -hmm. Niners have the team to compete against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? If there's a team that can do it, it's them. Philly makes offense look effortless it's yes. it's 
crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's almost boring, but it's amazing to watch. Yeah. That the way that they scheme those players and the way their offensive line just dominates the, you know, the trenches, like J- mm. it looks like Jalen Hurts is playing seven on sevens out there. And yep. then, and then when he passes the ball, it's like their wide receivers are five yards away from any other play. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. doesn't happen in the NFL. And it's just how they scheme yep. everything. It's, it looks so effortless. It's a joy to watch, but I think if someone can disrupt it, it's probably the 49ers defense yep. from top to bottom from the linebackers, the defensive line, they got, Eric Armstead came back, so that opens up more stuff for Nick Bosa and all these, you know, Greenlaw and all these other guys to just make plays and, you know, pin their ears back. Yeah. So I think they have the team to do it if he can maintain just, hey, get us 200 yards, yep. don't turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over, get a couple touchdowns. He's, mo- he's more mobile than Jimmy G. He's almost the same. Mm-hmm. He's shown the same attributes as Jimmy G with mobility. Right now, he got the rushing touchdown last week where he ran, I mean, through the middle of the offensive line, right up the gut for about eight, seven yards at the goal line and didn't get touched. So, you know, he's got an eye for that. He can sling it. The thing with him at Iowa State, and I watched a a few things on him from his Iowa State stuff and some scouting stuff that people did on him, people that I respect, is that in pressure situations, he seems to struggle, Mm -hmm. right? He puts too much on himself and doesn't just let let the plays go. Luckily, over the last two weeks, he hasn't had to do that, right? The defense yep. plays out uh, outstanding, and he just knows where to get the ball short to players. They're doing a lot of this running back coming out wheel kind of stuff and hitting them early because the defensive back is trying to get between linebackers and D-line. Yep. You know, but it but the teams are going to start to key on that. Maybe one of those turns into a pick six, right? It's something yep. that seems to be easy to read. But who knows what that turns into, and then where do you bounce back to that adversity? And I think we're going to see it this Thursday, what the dude's really made up, but I'm rooting for him. If he does make it there, I think he makes a compelling case to be the number one going into next season, into the preseason, or into training camp. And Trey Lance needs to prove himself because it's, you know, he sat basically a year. Uh, He didn't play his senior that last year in college at North Mm -hmm. Dakota State, and then gets injured early on in this year. And maybe that's part of the play calling of Kyle Shanahan putting these players in bad positions and stuff like that, because we've seen, you know, running backs are getting trashed. Debo's hurt now running up the middle. Trey Lance did it on a run as well. Um, You know, I think Trey Lance has to be the the number two if they get deep into the playoffs is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think, I think you just hit on the most important points there, which is he's a prohibitive favorite to start assuming they make a deep run. And even if they don't make a deep run that he like shows out well, throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the season, he becomes a prohibitive favorite because again, what have we seen from Trey Lance? So I think you're, I think you're right on the money on that. And I think everything, I, I think you're right. I think the Niners can give the Eagles a run for their money and it's all going to boil down to something that Brock Purdy can't control, which is the mm-hmm. health of the team, right? Do yeah. the players stay healthy? Can they stay on the field? Um, and then there's the part that he can control to an extent, which is regression, right? Up to this point, he's had the benefit of being less familiar to the league that's going to change through the rest yep. of the season. That's going to change through the playoffs. They're going to scheme against him. How does he react? How does he respond? Um, mm-hmm. You know, does Kyle Shanahan make the changes he needs to make to address that natural regression that, you know, he's had the benefit of the past two weeks of being largely unknown. I think to your point with Seattle, that stops. Like, yeah. I, I, like <clears throat> Pete Carroll's ready for Brock. Yeah. Party. And so Seattle's we'll, not we'll a great we'll team. See. Right. Yep. Seattle got off to a hot start or whatever like that, but they're still oh, yeah. NFL players. I, right. I think I was listening to, yeah, I don't know if it was yesterday or today's Pat McAfee show. Shout out Pat McAfee, not a sponsor. 
Um, but <laughs> he was talking about the Houston Texans and the Cowboys game, right? And how everybody's like get dogging the Cowboys, and he's like, "Look, those guys on the Houston Texans are millionaires. Yep. They get paid a lot of money to do this too, right? Like yeah. yep. the difference between a great team and a not great team in the NFL is very, very small yep. in in general, right? These are the best athletes in the world, so." Uh, I we'll see how it is in a, on a, it's a perfect test, right? You yep. got, you kind of got control of the division, but you, you need to beat the Seahawks because they're the second team, but they seem to fall them off if they're two games back, but you don't want to be one game back in your first home road game or whatever like that. So yep. it will be interesting to see how they handle all that kind of stuff. I, I love that and, idea just because uh, I don't know. It feeds into this whole idea. Everything on everything related to NFL is is all about narratives, right? Like we've been yeah. we spent most of this podcast talking about stories and narratives, whether it's Brock Purdy's story or like all these different, you know, the narratives of even within our own league. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that's a great point. Like the narrative is Houston's dog shit, Dallas is amazing, but at the end of the day, they're all multimillionaires who were <laughs> good enough to get into the. I'm not getting into the fucking NFL. Yeah. Um, and, and like no nowhere in this lifetime. So. Uh, yeah, I think we all have a tendency at some point to like buy into narratives because it's easier, right? It's yeah. easy to think like, oh, Houston's going to stink, you know, all, Dallas all day, right? But at yeah. the end of the day, like they're real NFL players who are playing for, you know, Houston's not making the playoffs. They're yeah. playing for pride. They're playing to win a football game because that's what they're paid to do. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. We all buy into narratives. <laughs> yeah. We're rooting for you, Brock Purdy. Take the Niners to the promised land. Become the next guy. And your story ends up being legendary cheers speaking of another legendary performance we talked about tom brady coming back from what 16 to 3 uh thursday night football baker mayfield comes into the game after one drive after being with the rams for about a solid 48 hours and orchestrates (laughs) a comeback for the ages with no name wide receivers and he's just dropping dimes around the field left and right he doesn't even know the audibles he's getting the call from McVeigh and he's like basically just telling the receivers hey I need you to run a nine run a seven like calling out the name of the routes basically right to these mm-hmm. players because he doesn't know the, the the code words or anything like that yep the team knows where the ball is going and he just he just gets it done they end up beating Los Las Vegas Raiders on primetime Thursday night football a lot was made of the Raiders playing press coverage at the end of the game or whatever like yep. that but hey you know do you sit back and then you allow, you know, maybe like a, you know, them to get some more yards and then take shots at the end zone or whatever like that. If you're going to play zone, there's always gaps in the zone. If you're going to leave him with there with a three man rush, there's all kinds of things that could happen. If you're going to, Hey, if you don't believe in Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, he's here for two days and playing the quarterback position with wide receivers. is all about timing. Why not press? Yo, we're going to make like he had to put that ball. I believe it was the Van Jefferson to win the ball game in that last, you know, drive or play of the mm-hmm. game, that fade route in the left side of the end zone. There's only one spot he could really put that ball, and that's where he put it without knowing how fast this dude is, how he reacts, how he gets off the press coverage or anything like that. Like, yes, he's an NFL quarterback, but that's something that's hard to do. We've seen Aaron, you know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers' struggles. He's been struggling all year with that kind of stuff, finally getting into rhythm. But he came in 48 hours and just, you know, he plays damn well. Completes his first pass for about 17 yards. And they're Ben Skoranek, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. This is a team that had Cooper Cup, right? This is a team that had Odell Beckham last year Mm -hmm. and went to the playoffs. This is a team that had Matt Stafford as a quarterback and then went to Wofford and then went to 
uh, Bryce Perkins and stuff like that. And then they get this guy and take a chance on him. Tony thought that it was a bad move for the Rams to take it. So I decided to receipt his entire Twitter account uh, <laughs> after that, because you will see on the taco court pod. If you look back and I got the yep. receipts there, it's yep. live. Yep. Right. When Baker comes in the game, it's like, all right, let's go Baker. Like I, I enjoy Baker Mayfield. I think he's a great quarter. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's a really good quarterback. Agreed. He's one of those guys that has gotten the draw of bad luck, sort of like yep. an Alex Smith. Like we, a mm-hmm. lot of people wonder what could Alex Smith have been if he had Andy Reid his entire career. Yeah. Right. There's not many coaches that have won. I don't think there's any coaches. Maybe one that's won a Super Bowl with two different quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, and for quarterbacks to win Super Bowls with two different coaches is a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that. Baker Mayfield has been in the league for five years and had seven different head coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you expect this guy to get done when he's learning new systems and schemes and ways of doing things and all that kind of stuff? Yep. It's hard to do. You know, yep. you need to get in a rhythm and learn it and practice it and become a, you know, a master of whatever that craft is. Mm-hmm. But Baker Mayfield comes into the game, plays damn well. The team's behind him. Everybody's pumped. The coach is pumped. You got a bright coach. This might keep Sean McVay in the NFL. It seemed like mm-hmm. Sean McVay was ready to go you know, take an announcement deal. Aaron Donald might be out next year because Matt Stafford, I don't believe is going to come back and play football because with what he's got going on in his neck, is like a disc rupture thing Mm -hmm. where some disc is like pressing up against part of his spine. And the only way to fix that, to be able to take contact is to have surgery and he hasn't done it yet. Right. So it's like, what are you waiting for? I think he's going to retire. I think McVay was going to go out the door, but maybe Baker Mayfield ends up being something for the Rams and they mm-hmm. played pretty well here coming up this week. They played on Thursday night football last week. You get an extra few days, you know, three, four days to learn stuff. You got some confidence brewing. Maybe yep. it makes you go into the office a little earlier, stay super late. The rest mm-hmm. of the team is doing that as well. Hey, let's see what we got and let's make some momentum for next year. Yep. Thoughts on Baker going forward this year. You're a Rams fan. And then his future with the Rams after this season. Not only am I a Rams fan, but I was in many of those Twitter threads that you're referencing with Tony. So I'm <laughs> very intimately familiar with, with Tony's thoughts on, on Baker Mayfield, as well as my own, right? Anybody anybody who went into that Thursday night game saying, like, Baker Mayfield's going to come in here and he's just going to be the dude is a yeah. fucking liar. No um, shit. Yeah. Like, that, that game came out of nowhere. Like, anybody who tells you differently is bullshitting you. Um, so, so I have a lot of like mixed thoughts on this, right? Like, uh, I mean, you already kind of touched on a couple of them, but I'll, I'll try to just hit them quickly. Um, there is a certain percentage of that game that is lost by Oakland more than it's won by the Rams, right? Like yep. there is a certain part of that where they gave the game away at the end. Mm-hmm. I think the other part, and again, this is me being a little bit of a wet blanket and then I'll get to the stuff I like about Baker Mayfield. Um, I distinctly remember text conversations with my friends during like 75% of that game about how fucking boring it was. Like Mm -hmm. most of that game was like mid, right? Everybody who is hyped on that Thursday night football game is mainly talking about the end and the end was fucking legendary. Right. And the end is the reason why we're talking about Baker Mayfield is because of the Raiders fucking stumbling and then Baker Mayfield seizing his opportunity. Right. Um, But I also think that part of that, like I remember, I remember being at a big high at the end of that game. Like, fuck man, Baker Mayfield, like he's fun to watch. Right. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, he's, he's shown himself to be a competent NFL starter. Right. Realistically, he won that football game because he's a competent NFL starter. Right. He yeah. ran a very effective two minute drill with just enough weapons and just enough understanding of the play calling in the playbook 
to like do what a professional NFL starter should do. So kudos to him for doing it within 48 hours. But also like part of the reason why he was able to do that is because he wasn't just like the third stringer off the bench, right? Like yeah. he's started games in the NFL and that, that expertise, that precision, having been in that driver's seat before is a learned skill, right? So mm -hmm. I think that that's a huge benefit for them. I think, and I think is the reason why they ultimately won the game. He's clearly won that locker room. I think that the Rams and Baker Mayfield are both in a unique position to embrace a, a fuck it mentality, right? Yeah. Um, the, the Rams season is all but lost, right? Like I think mathematically their playoff hopes are hanging on by a thread. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their, their starters gone down for the year. Why not take a shot on a Baker Mayfield and see what he can do, especially with so much of the personnel potentially out the door, right? Like they, they won their rings last year. What are they really fighting for at this point? Like, yeah. you know, to, to your point, get surgery, like do all these things to your body or just like call it quits, right? You got your ring, move on. Um, and, and so maybe you do take a chance on a Baker Mayfield. Maybe you see what he can do. He's certainly been exciting to watch. I think if you, you bring him back next year, with the weapons at full health, right? Because we haven't seen a Baker Mayfield with a Cooper cup, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you start putting some of those pieces together and, and all of a sudden there's kind of like a, um, a, a gritty, interesting version of the Rams, right? Like I think the version that won the Super Bowl last year was like sort of a, a slick, like dolled up uh, yeah. version of a football team. And I think Baker Mayfield and the way he plays brings this like grit. Um, yeah that I think would be fun to see that has been like a part of all my favorite sports teams. When I think about it through history, whether it's, you know, the Dodgers, whether it's the Rams, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter what the sport is. I love when a team kind of scraps and claws their way. Um, and it doesn't matter if they make the playoffs or not. I think if he can like make sort of like a, a statement of purpose with these last few weeks um, as a Rams fan, I, I'd be interested in seeing Baker Mayfield come back and, you know, we'll yeah. see what he can do. Like sort of, yeah. you know, he's getting a second chance. The team is getting some new life breathed into them when they're like, sort of like, fuck our season's over. All these big names are going down. Um, why not have some fun with it and just say, fuck it, throw caution to win and, you know, risk it. Yeah. I remember when Jimmy, G, cause he was released right after Jimmy G got hurt as well mm -hmm. too. So everybody was like, Oh, Baker to the Niners, Baker to the Niners. Yeah. Uh, after watching him do his thing against the dolphins too. Right. And all along, I looked at the waiver thing or whatever. I was like, why wouldn't the Rams pick him up? Because Stafford probably isn't going to come back, right? Yeah. Like, why don't yep. you – this guy's been in the NFL. He's played well. He's won a playoff game for the Browns, right? Like, I mean, yep. the Browns shunned that dude out of town, and he's the only guy that's won a playoff game, you know? Yep. And it's like in forever, and it's, you know. So, and then you got, you know, kind of – the bad rap for having one of the, probably one of the ter most terrible offensive minded NFL coaches in Matt rule, right. <laughs> yeah. As a head yep. coach for a few weeks and then he gets benched and it's like, well, what's going on? Um, you know, so I don't know. I like him. He's small comparatively to other guys, but he's kind of stocky. Right. Yep. Uh, he lived in a trailer during training camp and all that kind of stuff. And they showed on hard knocks. Yep. Dude's a funny dude. I root for guys like that too. He's kind of like that, you know, Brock Purdy kind of in the same thing. He's not as built as Baker Mayfield or whatever like that, but uh, I want to see Baker do well. I like the dude. I've liked him since he came into the league. Number one overall pick. It'd be interesting to see him, you know, elevate the Rams team. Maybe they draft players finally, instead of just trying to free agent it out, but it all like, you know, you talk about bringing grit, right? Mm -hmm. The Rams, when they get to LA, they got this Gucci stadium that's yep. built for them. Right. That very Hollywood. Hold. And it's 
the Super Bowls played there. They win a Super Bowl in their home yep. stadium. It's glitz glam. The Rock is doing the intros yep. of you know scripted as fuck. It's crazy, right? It's it's <laughs> it's a movie, right? But yeah. at the same time, it's like, yo, you're a football team, right? They brought in Odell mm-hmm. Beckham. It was flashy, mm-hmm. like uh, I I'd be interested to see them kind of take some of that. You know, the Niners look kind of fl- glitz and glammy, flashy on what they do, yep. but their job is to run the ball down your throat, dominate the offensive line, and just pound you to death until you quit, right? Yeah, like the Miami yeah. Dolphins quit in that game, right? They made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quit, you know, and it'd be interesting 100%. to see if they do that there with with the quarterback like that who yeah. looks like he has that mentality. Let's move into overrated, underrated. So we got three quarterbacks here, underdogs, guys who I, mean, I might consider legendary, right? They're building their mm-hmm. legendary statuses right now. And – Number one, we've already talked about two of these. So Brock Purdy, un- overrated, underrated for you. Uh, so I'm going to base this on current internet temperature, um, yeah. just because I feel like that's the 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 current. So I, I'm going to stick to my guns here and say that I think Brock Purdy's overrated in this moment. In this yep. moment, I think I think temperature is too hot. I think he could be great, but we'll see. Yeah, I think right. I I overrate this dude highly. I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Nick and I'm just over there, Brock Purdy, and yeah. naming off all these things, right? <laughs> like it's yeah. crazy what I'm doing at work and stuff like that. Um, probably overrated on some people's radars or whatever like that. Uh, probably properly rated from level-headed people. I've listened to Colin mm. Cowherd talk about him. Shout out Colin Cowherd, not a sponsor. Um, but I've listened to him talk about it too, right? And he's like, hey, these are the things that they're getting out of it. And as long as he does these things, he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback if he maintains to get the opportunity which he believes he should if he continues to play like this so yeah properly rated um probably still has a little bit of underrated in him because while people are talking him heavy right because it's the hot topic and it gets clicks and stuff like that a lot of people are still like yo this dude's the last pick in the draft they ain't doing nothing their Super Bowl aspirations are down the tube they're not going to compete with the likes of the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe not even the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like, yep. it almost seems like everybody's power rankings are Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, and then some mix of the Chiefs and Bills in there, right? For the top five, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'd say he's a, a little bit of both, I guess you would say, which is a yeah. cop-out answer, I guess you would say. <laughs> Next. What a cheat oh. take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rooting for the guy, man. Just get those clicks. Get those rooting clicks. Guy. <laughs> guys like that give you hope. Yeah. I feel like guys like that give people yeah. a lot of hope. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Like, hey, I'm in kind of this position. People don't believe in me. But if I keep working hard, I keep yep. learning and I keep progressing on my own. Personally, my time's going to come. And when my time comes, I want to be able to answer the bell. Yep. Overrated, underrated. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to be, I'm just going to keep this short and sweet. I put Baker Mayfield and Brock Purdy. They're in the same bucket in my mind, which is if you asked me before this most recent week's games, right? Mm -hmm. I would have said they're underrated. This week I say they're overrated just because the internet won't stop fucking talking about them and lavishing insane (laughs) amounts of praise on them. And all I think of as I see all of that, again, for, for Baker and for Brock is pump the brakes. Sample size is small. There's Mm -hmm. going to be regression. The league will learn them. How do they respond? Uh, Again, a week ago, I thought they're underrated. I still think that they can both 
dominate the rest of the season and finish out the the 2022 campaign gangbusters but yeah. the internet needs to shut the fuck up and that's the reason why they're overrated for me yeah i think baker mayfield is completely underrated for all the things i talked about earlier about him you know seven head coaches in five years is is tough to deal with and he just keeps competing yep you know he had his little thing after deshaun watson was traded to the cleveland browns of being kind of pissed off about it right and i think deservedly so um you know he got a lot of flack from obj as well too but the dude just keeps competing and he keeps competing and putting himself in, in a position to succeed so i think for that he is underrated and maybe he ends up having, you know, a, a comeback type of career like the next guy we're going to talk about. And that is overrated, underrated Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. Probably the fourth best team in the NFC right now. Shocking. Mm -hmm. um, so before I give you my Goff take, I would just like to point out, because we talked about a lot of Christmas stuff on this episode. I love the uh, seasonal spirit of you having... <clears throat> a Niners and Rams fan on this podcast. And we're both rooting for both teams, quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so I think that's very, that, that feels well, look, very like that feels very seasonally appropriate. You know, like, I mean, look, we all love winning, right? We're all fantasy yeah. football people. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we'd love to be undefeated and stuff like that, but it helps mm -hmm. to have like a little bit of something to fight for oh, and yeah. a team to look forward to, you know, a big time game within your division yep. and stuff like that too. 100%. So. That's all I'm rooting for is someone to compete with the Niners because it's you getting kind of boring watching them just dominate the <laughs> NFC West. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> see if you feel that way after. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're you are ooh, you are playing with so much fire, my friend. Uh, <laughs> no, but no, but I'm with you on that. And there is there is something to be said about a little like arpen, uh, iron sharpens iron, like trial by fire, right? Like mm -hmm. I think that all the fucking time with the Dodgers, right? How they cruise through the regular season and as soon as they face adversity the yep. team explode or implodes right mm -hmm. um it, you, you want to be able to face some competition before the competition matters and it's one and done right mm -hmm. um so anyways uh on to golf um again rams fan bringing this perspective in too i i actually think he's he's really underrated um i i don't think he did terrible in his time with the rams i see why they moved away from him yeah. um but i think i think he's done well with what's happened in detroit so far i'm interested I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I think that Jared Goff is a, I wouldn't have said this, you know, even as much as earlier this season, Elite. But I, he's, he's a reason why I'm actually interested in tuning in and hoping there's a lions game on TV, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Like the games are, are fun to watch. Even when they lose, they're like, he's, he's making it entertaining to watch. And the, you know, they're, they're not the, they're not the, the lions of old. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, you can make an argument. He's you can make an argument that he's had a transformative impact on that team. Yeah, me and Tony have gone at this for well over a year now, right? going on two NFL football seasons on who's really better, Matt Stafford or Jared Goff. Jared Goff took the Rams, and people could say whatever they want, but quarterbacks get accolades in the league, right? They do. Quarterbacks get accolades. He took the Rams to a Super Bowl. Granted. They faced a buzzsaw in the New England Patriots and got mm -hmm. smoked, and they got out coached, is what they did. They got out coached in that game. Yep. When he went to Detroit, I made it my mission to be the biggest Jared Goff supporter that is out there <laughs> on planet Earth, right? And he gets a good receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown, right? He had the 
the tight end at the time and TJ Hawkinson. A little awkward that they let him go, but they haven't skipped a beat. And he keeps putting up points. He won me a fantasy week this week, and he put up over 30 fantasy points, right? Um, he's slinging the ball around. He seems to be more confident. That team has an underdog mentality as well, and I think that it stems from him too, right? And he has a good coach who can feed into that underdog mentality as well and, and be like, yo, no one believes in us. No one believes in you. No one believes in me as a coach because I was about to get fired. Yep. Like Dan Campbell was ready to get fired. We talked about him on this show about how I was like, oh, this dude stinks. Here's his yep. record compared to the last coach and the last coach got fired and this dude's still here. What's going on? Yep. Um, but it's good to see him turning it around, having confidence. And, you know, if it weren't for Minnesota's hot start and winning a bunch of close games, they might be a team that can make the playoffs. They're right on the outside of making the playoffs. I think it's going to be hard for them to get into it, but I'm interested to see what happens with Jerichoff. I think he is underrated as a quarterback in the NFL. 100%. Um, he did have some stuff with making reads and stuff like that and going to second, third reads and progressions and all those things and being able to audible himself. And it looks like he's making some of those adjustments and learning and as he grows. Mm -hmm. It's hard now for yeah. quarterbacks because the expectation is, you know, ever since Seattle won that Super Bowl with Russ's rookie contract, everybody's yeah. like, build the team, rookie, you know, rookie contract quarterback and these quarterbacks are thrown in as a rookie and expected to excel. Yeah. Back in the day, you'd sit there and like, Hey, you know, is Aaron Rodgers this good? If he had to sit, if he didn't sit behind, mm -hmm. you know, Brett Favre, is Tom Brady this good? If he didn't sit behind Drew Bledsoe, who probably would have won all those Super Bowls with the new England Patriots on yep. his own. Anyways, they were on their way to win a Super Bowl that year when he mm -hmm. got buzzsawed up on the side of, on the sidelines of that game. You know, all the, Steve Young sits behind yep. Joe Montana, right? Like all these great quarterbacks always sat behind someone and you, and they don't allow them to do it. It's like, go yep. learn trial by fire. But is that really right? Cause you're just rotating quarterbacks all the time. And the expectations are so high. No, that's a hundred percent. And you could even make the argument that that's amplified for Jared Goff because he also dealt with all the like coming to LA <laughs> shit too. Like yeah. I mean, he had, he had even more noise as a rookie coming into this league. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he I think I think he faced a lot. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he did in his time in LA. And so I'm 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 rooting for him in Detroit for yeah. sure. Underrated, Jared Goff. Let's 100 <laughs> percent Let's move on to our draft. We love fantasy football. We're a fantasy football league. That's what it's all all about. And we like to draft. Um uh, within the last 24 hours of recording this, 48 hours per, per probably when you're listening to it. The legendary head coach Mike Leach passed away um, in a hospital, was in critical condition. It was fairly quick on what kind of happened once he got in there. Um, the world's all talking about it. And the dude was somebody who always brought joy to whatever was going on. It seemed like it was a guy you wanted to root for. He's actually, you know, responsible for guys like Michael Crabtree being a first round draft pick, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker. You know, you're looking at a lot of these big time players that came out and have performed in the NFL. And he was one of the big guys to really hype up and showcase the air raid offense as well. You know, you look at guys like Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach in the NFL because of what he learned under Mike Leach. Right. And the thing with Mike Leach that everybody's going to remember and everybody will be able to laugh and smile at and and really think about Mike Leach is the things he would say. Whether that was press conferences, they were hilarious. You never knew what you were going to get. 
uh, he would always answer a question from the fans in every press conference as well. There was always one question from the fan base that they would ask him. The sideline um, interviews on the way in the halftime after a game or whatever like that. So this week, me and Terrence are going to draft our top three Mike Leach quotes. I assume that you want the turn because you enjoy the turn. I do love that turn. So I I will go first. And my favorite one is Mike Leach on which Pac-12 mascot would win a fight. (laughs) This one is hilarious. He goes through every single mascot, right? And it just breaks it all down analytically. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um, or it's unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then... Um, the duck, the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know... Because if that youth's got a rifle, there's some definite problems, and then um, <clears throat> and uh, and you know you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo's d- utterly outstanding. Well, but but Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Kugel will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and, uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. We love yeah. analytics in fantasy football. That was, one, that was one of my favorites, and that's my first. You got two, Terrence. Nice. I like that. Um, before I share my two, real quick, Thank you for this uh, particular activity because um, I think I've even said it before on this podcast. I'm not a college football guy. So honestly, Mm -hmm. as I read this news about Mike Leach, I didn't know a lot of who he was. Um, So I got to spend a good chunk of this afternoon uh, learning about Mike Leach, reading about him and watching videos of him. Um, So it was kind of a cool way to like celebrate him again. I'm late to the party, I guess, but Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of cool to learn about him. So I figured I'd I'd share that little nugget that I I came into this blind and, and I've, I've come out a fan. So nice. um, all right, so on the turn, and I'm taking this one first because I have a feeling you're going to take it because it's a take that's been discussed on this podcast in the past. Um, but I'm taking <laughs> Mike Leach's opinion on Halloween candy. Yep. About on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your uh, favorite Halloween candy? Candy corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, the, the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, 
is when they used to have the, the uh, sprees in a box. Outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but uh, um, the... Uh, you know, they have those Nerds Clusters, which is new. With the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The Nerds Clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably Almond Joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, one's, that one's really good. Uh, so yeah. I'll I'll take that one. Um, and then the nerd in me mm. has to take this at number two, and it's an echo back to yours um, because I loved all of his different hot takes on the Pac-12 teams. Um, and this one in particular stood out because it was such a nerdy take. And I get the sense that he was low-key a nerd because apparently he had a pet raccoon named Bilbo Baggins. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically, his nerdy take on this was he was talking about Arizona, and he said, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of outside stuff going on. And, you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So that I, was my number two. That's funny. Um yeah, it spoke to my good. nerd heart. Spoke to my yeah. nerd heart. <laughs> oh, he's got so many damn good ones. All right, I got two. These are my last two here because I got a turn coming up. So yeah. I'm going to go with Mike Leach on modern dating and technology. I'm not real good with technology. I let other, I let I let the kids handle that. You know, I uh, you know I, all this button pushing and whatnot. You know, this is uh, yeah. I mean, you, you can just imagine based on what's happening you know, the last 15 years, I mean, there was conversations won't happen. I mean, 10 years from now, there ain't, ain't going to be anybody talk to anybody. You know, it's going to be this, you know, do you want to go out on a date with me? I don't know. What do you look like? Well, I look kind of like this. Okay. Well, what are your interests? Well, what do you think my interests are uh, looking into this thing and typing into this just like yours are? Well, yeah, no kidding. That's what everybody's doing. Yeah, that's right. Virtually everyone. Well, where do you want to go? Well, what difference does it make? Because all we're going to be doing is looking in this machine anyway. <clears throat> well, that's true. In the end, it's going to be tough to perpetuate this, uh, the species. There's no question about that. Well, we're going to enjoy looking in this box, and eventually we're all going to be extinct and die out. Well, that's how it ends, you know. <clears throat> you guys good? <laughs> All right, I'll see you. Modern dating and technology is my number two. And then I am going to go with, oh man, there's so many good ones here. Uh, damn it. We should have done like six. This We always do this, Terrence. Every time we draft you, me, or Matt, or whatever like that. But let's do our <laughs> top three. We, can always uh, do it. we got runners up too. We'll keep this one football related. And this is Mike Leach on putting lip readers out of business. And I get a kick out of it. <clears throat> but these same people that are covering their mouth up all the time, you know, like there's lip readers. Because, you know, there's this, you know, America's always been this huge bastion of rip, uh, lip readers. You know, I mean, starting from kindergarten in some parts of this country, <clears throat> children are raised, raised to read lips. So that's why it's so necessary for coaches to constantly take their game plan or their script and cover up their mouth 
so <clears throat> you can't read their lips, thereby quickly telling the signal caller on, say, your defense <clears throat> what you read that their lips said, deciphering it, discovering what play it's going to be, <clears throat> aligning your defense accordingly so they can stuff that play and, uh, <clears throat> and get after the offense and do all of that. Well, and maybe substitute so it's even more beneficial to you and do all of that in 20 seconds. But, you know, that's the world we live in. As there's, you know, there's everybody can read lips nowadays, and so they just adjust uh, their defense or their offense around what they see you saying. So, um, you know, what they ought to do is just give these guys mouth covers. I ought to invent this, <clears throat> and we ought to go together on this since you thought it up. <clears throat> but instead of like a Zorro mask that covers your eyes, we're going to just have one that covers the mouth, you see. And we could sell it to football coaches everywhere. You could have a deal where it kind of attaches on your ears, you know, kind of like eyeglasses, and hangs like right here like a veil. Not as exotic. We'd make it a little more studly and masculine. And it hangs like a veil because we don't want them to look like a belly dancer per se, but it looks like a veil. It hangs right here. And so then they don't have to constantly hold up their script. And then on that rare occasion, they forget to hold up their script. Oh, my gosh, I forgot to hold up my script. They know everything we're going to do. And, um, but we'll just have that veil right there, you see. And well, then you can talk to your heart's content. And then we could literally put these lip readers out of business, you see. And, um, um, but that's what I think we ought to do. We ought to have some football veils. Uh, um, and um, <clears throat> and I don't believe they can uh, execute and respond that quickly, and that's reinforced every year that we have spring football and just call plays and go ahead and run our offense. They run their defense. And then it's further reinforced every time we start camp, okay? But uh, that being a concern... Um, yeah, we need to get on the let's we got what two days to get one of those veils and um and we could logo them up a little bit, you know. Uh even something like favorite cartoon characters. We could even draw a mouth on there. We could and I'll tell you this, those that are kind of into fashion, we could have a flesh-colored veil that, you know, has lips and teeth on it, but they just don't really move, you know. That's what I say. I think that'd be a brilliant idea. Up a Nike logo on there, too? Could stick a logo on there. Oh, yeah, no, there'd be swooshes on those ones. In Oregon, they'd have swooshes on theirs. And, uh, you know, here, maybe we could get some cool cougar teeth, you know, a little bit of nose, some whiskers, you know, it'd be great. Uh, putting nice. lip readers out of business. <laughs> nice. I like that. Well, I'm going to take, and I, I could, I, this was one I wasn't able to find the context on, but I'm just going to go ahead and take it because. Uh, he did such a good job of encapsulating the way I try to like approach life and is something I've actually mentioned on this podcast. Um, so I, again, I wasn't able to source the context, but the quote I found was, uh, you're going to be dead in a hundred years anyway. So live dangerously. Uh, it says fireworks, uh, fireworks late. So later in the day, uh, could be some thunderstorms, but you know, this is after all West Texas. So I wouldn't count on it now on Monday. It says bad stuff, serious storms. Well, you're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously. 
love yeah, that, that quote. That one's definitely, a one. definitely a mindset that I, I try to embrace. So when I found that, that one immediately spoke to me. Nice. All right. So that's our top three. You got any honorable mentions? I have a lot of honorable mentions, <laughs> but I will, I, I will keep it short and I will go with, um, I will go with a, a funny one and a, and a thoughtful one real quick. So I'll start with the thoughtful one and then we can end on the funny one. So the thoughtful one that I thought was kind of insightful. Um, I think, and again, I couldn't find the context for some of these. I think the most important thing is confidence. A lot of people think they're confident, but if you think about it, most people aren't. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting, right? Sort of like speaking to self-doubt. Um, and then the funny one was talking about like a, it, it was a, a, a bounce back comment that a journalist gave him in a press conference. And he said, I hope whatever I said was cute and clever and maybe even a tiny bit humorous. I hope it wasn't mindless babble. And if it was, I hope everyone forgets it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So I have, I have a bunch here. So I have yeah. Mike Leach on coffee. So he's drinking coffee and someone asked him like, yo, <laughs> No, what do you think of coffee? And it's like, oh, it tastes terrible. You shouldn't put anything in it. You should just, you know, grit the fact that it's terrible and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, one of the more famous ones is Mike Leach, Mike Leach on marriage. And as I'm looking back, I should have picked that one. He goes in the whole <laughs> thing about how marriage is all about the female. And as a guy, yeah. right, you just say, you know, what color napkins should we get? I don't care. I mean, all these things, right? I don't care. I don't. But then that's an issue. And then you say, well, I like the blue ones. Well, duh, we can't do blue ones or whatever like that, right? So he just goes in this whole thing. It's like a three-minute thing, spiel, just mm. nonstop words coming out. Was that, that was pretty the same, good. I would say, was that the same conversation where he told the person that they should just elope? So that came after. <laughs> <laughs> that came. That was in a – That cracked me up. In a pregame <laughs> or a – after a game interview on there where the reporter says that she's yep. getting married yep. any advice for her getting married and well what does your husband do well he's also a football reporter well i just think that you guys should just you know not tell anybody go a love elope all the girls are going to be mad in the family or whatever but they'll get over it i tell my kids i'll give them 10 grand each if they just go elope because he doesn't want to be a part of the, the wedding it's pretty awesome <laughs> um there's Mike Leach, That's the weatherman. So there's one where he does the weather. Oh, I saw that. And he well, talks yep. about that. And then all of a sudden at the end, he's like, Oh, you could just do what I do. And you just, you know, what do I know? I'm a football coach. I just go outside in the morning and I look up. <laughs> yep, that's the weather, right? <laughs> he does another one on um, the pine cone wars. So you see a pine cone war going on, right? You just can't not be within the pine cone war. So you're gonna get involved in it. And what country really has an advantage in a pine cone war? Um, uh, that one was pretty good. Mike Leach on hating cats. He talks about hating cats and how he doesn't understand why people think he hates cats and all this kind of stuff. Cause it came out that he hated cats. Um, Mike Leach on student loans. They asked him if he would spend a week in jail or in prison to do student loans. He said, hell, I'll spend three months to wipe out all my student loans. And he goes into a whole thing of everything he would do in jail from getting with the best shank maker and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, next thing he knows, he might be running a business within the prison. Um, so it could be a good thing to wipe out your student loans and make money while you're there as well. Mike Leach on Bigfoot and aliens and whether they're real. <laughs> yes, I love it. You this know, one. we found a bunch of dinosaur bones. But we haven't found any Bigfoot bones or whatever like that. Um, <laughs> and then the last one is Mike Leach on cargo shorts. And he talks about cargo shorts. Um, he's like, I love them. I wear them all the time. And it's because of the pockets. And I can't wear those little nylon ones because all your junk just flops around. So it got everybody asking about if their junk flops around in nylon shorts. So to recap, 
our draft. Terrence, you got Mike Leach on Halloween candy. Mike Leach on finding Harry Potter activists because you got to figure out what a sun devil does. Sun devil is. Um, um, and then Mike Leach on living dangerously as well because you're going to die within 100 years anyway, so you might as well live dangerously. I have Indeed. Mike Leach on Pac-12 mascots, which one would win the war, I guess you would say. <laughs> I think that Harry Potter one was part of that a little bit, but that's like a part of that, that yeah. come out of it, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike Leach on modern dating and technology and Mike Leach on putting lip readers out of business. That is our draft for this week. Feel free to comment or leave a review or whatever, whatever you're listening, whether it's YouTube or on the socials or in your podcast platform on something that you would have put into your top three things that Mike Leach has said. Rest in peace. Moving on to raves. So Terrence, we used to do rants and raves, but not really in the mood to be ranting and i think we need to do things a little bit more positive here do you have a rave for us yeah um i will just give a shout out to we already talked about a little bit earlier but christmas movies so it is a great time of year to gather up with uh, you know friends and family and watch movies i've seen a lot of mostly unconventional holiday movies so far this year like i had a blast watching glass onion which is more like a holiday event movie not a holiday movie proper saw violent night had a great time with that um, but I think the one I'll give the biggest shout out for, and this kind of dovetails into the fact that like it's starting to be like Golden Globe Oscar season, mm -hmm. is a movie that came out earlier this year that I actually think is, while not holiday themed, explicitly a really, really good one to like circle back for for the holidays if you didn't watch it, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. Um, it is... Uh, a fun spectacle of a movie, like it's wildly entertaining, but it's also probably one of the sweetest, most heartwarming, family-centered movies that I have seen in a very long time. Um, mm. It it hit deep, and I think that especially this time of year, um, as we're looking to like have fun with our family, but also like kind of you know embrace those those connections and those relationships and kind of invest in them. Um, I don't know. It's a good one to recommend. It's not kid friendly, but for, for the adults out there, if you're looking to, to revisit a, a good one from earlier this year that um, I think will make you feel very warm and fuzzy about family headed into the holidays. Um, yeah. Check it out. So I will rave about that until the cows come home. Best movie. I need, I need to watch the movie. So I haven't been to a movie theater in a while. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day because me and the girls went to Texas Roadhouse to go eat or whatever. That's where Layla wanted to go on Monday, yesterday on Monday. Yes. And across from Texas Roadhouse is our movie theater. And this movie theater is literally like a mile and a half from the house. It's like a, a two to three minute drive. It's really easy. Like you don't have to go through town or anything to yep. get there. Yep. So I've been thinking about going to the movies a lot. And I, you always post things about movies like on your Twitter or I see I a lot sometimes of on Facebook, right? <laughs> so I was like, maybe I should do something like that. I've been looking for things to do with the girls, like mm -hmm. just to get out of the house or make it a ritual. You know, once a month, we're having a nuss day that is not revolved around the busy bustle of everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. So I get caught up in that very badly. So um, yeah, something I've been thinking about too, but. I'll have to like watch it. that movie because I heard everybody rave about that movie as well. Best best movie of the year, hands down. I don't know. I don't remember the last time that I laughed that hard or and I'll, I'll be honest, cried. Like, I mean, it was yeah. it was emotional. It was thrilling. It was funny. It was I saw it three times in a theater. It's the best time I had in a theater all year. There's not nice. a better movie all year long. 
hands down. Nice. Loved it. Nice. And very, like I said, Christmas appropriate. You just can't watch it with the kids because there's there's a lot of dirty jokes and violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My kids listen to Tupac. It'll be all good. No, I, I probably won't watch it with them. So they probably they wouldn't might, be engaged in it. Yeah. Honest, they, they just so. might not understand some of it. Yeah. Like some of the concepts are, are a little deep in it. But again, it's it's deep into like familial trauma like it's it but in but in like a in a very positive way like the way that it resolves is very warm yeah cool my rave this week is about friends so we talked about some stuff earlier or whatever like that at the beginning of this thing you know circa an hour and 15 an hour and 20 minutes ago um <laughs> but <clears throat> friends so our group of friends is something that i it's one of this is the main reason I moved to Colorado when I got out of the Air Force. When I got out of the military, I could have moved back home to California, been close to family. This is this, but my friends are what I've deemed as the closest people to me and the people that mean the most to me. Uh, not mean the most, but they hold a big weight on me, right? Like inside me, I guess you would say. So moving to Colorado was the best fit for me, and it's been really a, a good thing for me. But um, my friends kind of know me like that right so i've always been a person who doesn't ask for help uh do this whole single parenting thing on my own it's fucking rough at times dealing with their emotions my emotions right like i'm just a little over a year from actually being divorced almost three years from the date of separation type of thing right so it's still fairly new been kind of doing the whole parenting thing on my own for about five years for the majority of the time I don't ask for help. I don't ask for help. People watching my kids. I don't like, I know that I need breaks at times or I just need to go get out and do something. I'll never ask anybody to watch my kids or babysit. Um, there, the only time I've ever done it really is when Trey has poker night. And that's because I know Tony's going. So, and his wife is really cool with understanding that, you know, sometimes we need a break, right? She doesn't get upset at him going or like that. Our kids are best friends. They can kind of just manage themselves on their own or whatever like that. So um, I've always been a figure it out guy. But Tony texts me, and this was December 3rd at 2.10 p.m. one time, and we were talking about putting out content because I haven't put out shorts and short-form content in a little while, and he's pumping it out for his podcast. So he had basically asked me, hey, are you chopping up videos for shorts? And I said, I'm going to try and do some tonight after we get home, saw some stuff that I want to try out and making – um try out and just making um some time and i'll probably try to do it after the girls go to bed right and tony texts me directly after that nate quotation someone help me with video editing because i've mentioned that to him before and we talked about it on this podcast and he goes also nate i got it right and it, that was it <laughs> it wasn't a yo you could ask for help or nothing it was just like I'm going to point at you what you do, right? Or whatever, yeah. to hold you accountable yeah. or to be like, yo, you can ask for help in his way of saying, yo, just ask for fucking help. Like there's people that want to do it, right? Or whatever like that. And it's made me think about that stuff over the last couple of weeks pretty heavily on those type of things. Um, and uh, it's good to have that kind of check, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like made me internally look at things over the last couple of weeks. So um, have I asked for help yet? Nope. But will I in the future? Yes. Um, that is one thing for Good. next year that I'm really uh, looking into being held accountable for. So uh, another one is Trey. So we, our last podcast, right? We talked to me and Tony talked about uh, Trey bringing up us being more positive on the show. 
not bringing so much hate to the show and all this kind of stuff. And what did we do? We doubled down on it. Right. Um, but as we put out that episode, there's something that didn't feel right. You know, you talk to people about it or whatever like that. And it's like, you know what? I've been in a pretty negative down cycle for a little while now. And that's just yeah. life stuff, stresses of life, trying to feeling like there's a lot of weight, not, not a woe is me segment or anything like that, but that's just how I've been. Right. Trying yeah. to feel like I got the weight of the world on me or whatever. And I got to do this, 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 and take care of this while trying to improve myself and all this other shit. Right. Um, but I started thinking about the things that I like listening to or that I like consuming or that I like to be a part of and what I want to put around me. And a lot of it's positive stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I like I'm a big Gary V uh yep. guy and everything is First about positivity, kindness, right? And mm-hmm. your perspective and being patient and all this kind of stuff. And that's stuff that I really struggle to do or I'm learning to struggle to do. I like to consume it, I like to talk about it, but it's hard for me to put into practice, or it's been hard for me to just focus on that piece when there's other things. And I don't know if that's just a conditioning thing over, you know, decade, decades of time or whatever like that from you know, whatever. So, um, there's that. I don't enjoy watching the debate shows that are on like ESPN first take and skip Bayless and, you know, sharp or whatever. Like it just doesn't do anything for me, but I will put my headphone in at work and have one of my screens have Pat McAfee showing on in the corner. And I started thinking about why do I like watching Pat McAfee show? And it's because all they do is hype up people. Yep. They don't bring down people, right? They don't have to shit on people and they just highlight all this good stuff that's happening on and it's super positive. Um, and it's really a joy to just listen to. And I can mm-hmm. do it for three hours a day, right? Like yep. every day you, you can ask Nick in this league <laughs> at 10 o'clock, Pat McAfee shows on in my ear. Don't yep. fucking bug me until after lunch, right? And everybody bugs me. And then I'm like, you know, you you scheduled a meeting right in the middle of Pat McAfee show. Like, what the hell's going on, right? Everybody knows it's a thing, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's a good thing, right? A good check, right? Nick, like Trey says it in his way of, yo, why you got to bring hate? Why don't we be more positive and all this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really an internal, I take it as like an internal thing within me. Like, why is my focus this way? Why is it that when I inherently watch sports, I'm looking for something to do in the podcast or the show or things I want to talk about of just like this dude sucks. Like Nick Sirianni's a fucking scumbag, right? A fake tough guy, all this kind of stuff or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like, well, the guy's a damn good football coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like the team is good. They, I and mean, we talked about them earlier and stuff like that. Um, and then also just Nick, like Nick in this league, we work together. He goes through stuff. He goes my life story and all this kind of stuff. He's been around it for minus two years since 2014. He's the one who welcomed me to California when I got there and got got me all set up and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've kind of been through a lot of stuff together. And we look to each other for advice throughout the day and stuff like that. But every day at work, Nick will see me and he'll notice that something's not right with me, right? And I don't really talk about it too much until somebody finally gets to me or right. – things pop off at work and it pisses me off, but it's because all this other stuff. And then I'm like, I'm really just upset at this because the rest of my life feels like this. And I just rant Mm -hmm. for in the next 20, 30 minutes. Right. And just let it out. And those guys are kind of like a safe space. We have a closed off room that we work in that nobody else is around. So it's just us five guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good environment, but every day Nick will see me like that. And he just comes over and it's quiet and calm. Right. Nobody else can hear. And he just goes, Hey man, you good. I'm like, Yeah. And he, he knows I'm not. He's like, you sure? 
and it just kind of like and i'm like yeah he's like if you're good i'm good and then he knows it's like i don't want him to not be good so then we talk right yeah. or whatever like that yeah. but uh having a friend circle of people who can kind of you know be people to to put you in check when you're going down a, a bad slope or you're not mm-hmm. you're not doing stuff that you say that you want to be right holding yep. you accountable for things i just listened to you know people have their takes on how they feel about joe rogan whatever mm-hmm. but um and another dude in david goggins who was a navy seal and air force mm-hmm. pj and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff right mm-hmm. but he was just on joe rogan's podcast about a week or so ago i don't know what number it is it's something thousand something but if you go look it's one of the more recent five six seven episodes whatever because he's promoting a new book right um david goggins is but david mm-hmm. goggins shared on his instagram wall and the clips there you can see it it just looks like the podcast that you can watch on spotify but a clip and right. he talks about people within his circle right and he's like mm-hmm. i don't want to be around a bunch of people that aren't getting after it, that aren't doing it right and yep. he's like just take for instance you're out with your girlfriend or your wife or whatever and you go with your sister to dinner and you double date or something like that and you notice that she's getting heavy mm-hmm. right the person that you're with hey they've been gaining some weight or whatever and he, he's big on fitness or whatever right and mm-hmm. pushing the body and the mind so what we end up doing is we get in the car after and we talk to the person that we went with and say, Hey, Sarah's getting a little fat, ain't she? And we talk Mm -hmm. about it right on our own Mm -hmm. when we should be talking to Sarah about, Hey, you're putting on some fucking pounds. What's going on. Right. What's Mm -hmm. happening with you or whatever. Let's, let's get it going. Let's get things right. Let's keep going forward. Right. And progressing and stuff like that. And what I got from like these last three, like little encounters that I talked about here is that like, I'm glad that I have friends that can do that in their own way. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it makes me look into me eternally and try to get better. And mm-hmm. I think that it like, we have a good group of friends. We've had the same group text for going on 12 years now. I think it is right. All these people from New Mexico, 10 years, 10, 11, 12 years, somewhere around there since t- at least 2012 before mm-hmm. then or whatever and um uh, i don't see myself as better than any of them honestly mm-hmm. right like maybe they see me like that too right they see what i got going on or their perception of what i have going on and stuff like that but i try to surround myself with people that i see as above me right something mm-hmm. to progress to something to mimic what they're doing in little aspects of you know take a little piece of every little thing on how they deal with it or whatever and yeah. i just want to rave about the fact that i'm glad that i got friends like that Right. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you noticed it in this episode here that we've tried to make things or just the way that we perceive things and kind of change that mindset. It took a week off thinking mm-hmm. about it a lot, really heavy on my mind and like deep looks in the mirror. I talk about the mirror a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and holding yourself accountable. But um, hopefully, you know, some of those things of what I look at in sports or entertainment or music or whatever we're doing here on this show end up translating to the rest of life and i think that it will and if it doesn't then uh and you see things i expect that my friends hold me accountable to that as well and i appreciate it and i think that everybody should appreciate friends like that and you should try to get a friend group like the friend group that we got so shout out to friends if you've got the best indicator that you have that you're surrounding yourself with people who care about you is that they will call you on your bullshit right yeah If, if you're surrounded by yes men or people who just like won't check on Mm -hmm. you and won't call you on your bullshit 
then those are fake friends. Those are people who don't care about you. Like honesty to me is like the most endearing quality in a friendship, being able to call somebody when they're like to, to be able to like, not, not like call people out, like they're fucking up, but like be able to like be real with people, you know, yeah. is I think, I think an important trait and is, is, is valuable. It shows, it Nick, shows they care. Me and Nick had this conversation today at work a little bit because we were talking about things that are going on in life or whatever like that. Right. And having to ask somebody, um within our company about a specific question right and it's like i don't want the fucking corporate answer don't tell me well it depends and we'll see or whatever like that and it was yeah. like i'm coming to you as nate to john not the employee to my manager yep shoot me fucking straight what do you honestly <laughs> think yep. is going to happen right be real and, and it's like if they can't do that for me, then I don't want I don't want that opinion, right? Uh -huh. I don't want that around me. I want somebody who's gonna say this, that, or whatever like that. And yep. that's how you know that somebody really cares, right? Or whatever like that. Like hundred percent. Me and Nick have had some pretty hard conversations about both stuff going in both going on in both of our lives, and it's like we just shoot it straight, and it's uh -huh. no harm, no foul, no hard feelings. You know, mm -hmm. you got thick skin or whatever like that. And it's like, yo, this is this is what it is or whatever. Or this is how it is. And this is what we got to think about. Yep. You know, when you're making a, a decision that can alter the the way that your life is going to end up shaping out or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. Are we willing to deal with this consequence mm -hmm. for this? And if it's the right thing, then that's what we do. Right. Or whatever like that. And yep. hard decisions to make in life or whatever. So shout out to friends okay. once again. Tough love is love. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, let's pay some homage, Terrence. We've been here for a while. Uh, I we like have. the long talks. I don't know how you are about it, but I don't mind. Oh, them. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. You and I, you and I, we we could honestly have probably kept going for another hour <laughs> if yeah. we're being real. About it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. You, you, you had some juicy topics this week. <laughs> I, I enjoy this because it's one of the only times where I kind of get to talk, uh, where I actually talk to people, right, and have conversations mm -hmm. throughout the week mm -hmm. that are long drawn out and just about you know. Yeah, mostly fun stuff, show. right? Um, and the podcast, I was telling someone the other night, I was like, the podcast has really become like my outlet because I don't talk about a lot of stuff that's going on in my life. And a lot of that's just because things that go on in my life have to deal with people that my friends know. Yeah. And I don't want them to have to choose a side or anything like that, right? Like, sure. like I understand that they probably wouldn't or whatever, but I don't ever want to put them in that position. So I kind of hold it in. And then I make metaphorical episodes. Last year, I shit on Christian McCaffrey as an athlete. I drafted him, and he got hurt, and it was like I should have known, right? And I went on a whole season's worth of shitting on Christian McCaffrey and creating episodes or whatever, and they were just all metaphors for things that were going on in my own personal life. And I, I've probably said that to people within the league or people that I know that listen, so it's maybe like a handful, maybe 10 max or something like that that really knew that up until this point. But that's what I do, right? And find a creative outlet to let off steam and what's going on in my life and just kind of – it's a therapy, I guess you would say. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, my podcast is therapy for me, and I thank you all for being my shrink. So you're <laughs> a lot cheaper than the rest of it. So, And more yeah. creative and fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
it's almost like a task. How can I turn my yeah. shitty situation into blasting other people without other people knowing? Right. Like that, that that's what it's become like the creative outlet for me. So uh, like but I've enjoyed this episode a lot more than a lot of the other ones I've done because there's always something else on my mind when I'm talking about something, right? Yep. Whatever we're doing. So anyway, let's pay some homage to 58 West King. That is the podcast that Tony and Matt Graham both run over there. They're putting out short form content on the daily almost out there. They do NFL picks on their show. So you can go through and see who they pick as winners, right? If you're a money line better, better and you want to do – Round robins and see if you can be profitable. They're above the 65% line, I believe, on the season. Hey, I... And <laughs> I, Tony's got a beef with Adam Rank because Adam Rank stood him up on his podcast. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the 100th episode guest or whatever like that. And they had yep. all scheduled out and he got stood up. And then they tried to reschedule and got stood up. And they were like waiting in the little, you know, the stream that we're on or whatever like that, recording mm-hmm. software and got stood up. So he's made it his mission to be better at picking NFL winners. And he has this year. So he reminds like that, that uh, and a couple other people that are out there that are predominant paying for you to get their picks or whatever like that. And they do it for free on their show. So go check yep. them out at 58 West King podcast. I have all that linked down below their YouTube, TikTok, Instagrams, uh, and their podcast on Apple and Spotify. And Terrence, you have a podcast. We haven't heard an episode in a while, but that's okay. It's been a while, But it's still good stuff. And it's evergreen content. Right, and that's what's really great about yours, and that is the Whiskey Flick podcast, where you guys drink a different whiskey, or as people send you whiskeys, like yeah. you got it made, man. You got friends that just send you whiskey because they've been on your show, and then they want to send you whiskey to drink and talk about them being on your Love show it. and the whiskey that they like, right? Which is pretty cool. And you guys talk movies; movies yep. is your jam. So, um, we do. I'm I enjoy it. Uh, if it's the Christmas season, so if you want to hear me and Tony go to a back and forth on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Christmas I believe movie. it is episode yep. one um, on there. It is. The fan fight. So you can go check it that is. out. And we hope to hear episodes from you soon. One of these days. It is coming. Nice, nice, nice. So, all right. <clears throat> we love music here. Terrence, you love music. I love music. Matt love loves music. music. We got to get, we're trying to get Tony to understand different music, you know, and not mm-hmm. just listen to boring podcasts about well, he's, sports he's analytics. He's an old. Yeah, he is very old. Um, He's older than his age. He definitely tries to fake texts about (laughs) with me and him texting. And he tries to write like I talk and it sounds terrible because he doesn't know how to write hip. I'm pretty sure he asks his kids like, what's the hip word? Oh, no cap or whatever like that. Right. And not not going to lie. When I started seeing 58 West King TikToks blew my mind. I was like, Tony figured out TikTok. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like. How to use the like how to log in and upload a video. (laughs) He told me I don't understand Instagram. You post a you don't wait that you don't understand Instagram. No, that he doesn't. Oh, okay. I was gonna say hard disagree. You definitely understand. Yeah, I'm I'm Um, a fucking Instagram official. You are you are you are sharp at Instagram. Uh, No, I mean his I I mean his reels and the TikTok. I mean they're 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 rocking it. They're rocking it. He's he's learning. Good for him. You know, picking up picking up social media in his in his twilight years. Yeah. It's good, good too. So hopefully it's, it's uh, there comes good. a day. There comes a day when all these guys finally retire out of, you know, what they're doing in their 20 years of mm-hmm. time or whatever like that, where this yep. is all we do going forward is like it. Talk with our boys throughout the day. That's the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what else I would want to yeah. do other than sit around every day and talk sports or whatever's going on in the world with my friends. So anyways, uh, Whenever I get kind of in a down time, which I've been in like the last few months or whatever like that, I always turn to music. Um, music is my thing. I 
posted my Spotify wrapped of my Instagram or whatever like that. And my minutes are up there. I thought other people had, people were like circling how many minutes and they listened to like 11,653 minutes or whatever like that. And I checked mine and it's like 58,000 something, this, 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 right. And it's like, I have more hours spent listening to one artist than they have listening the whole year or whatever like that. So mm -hmm. music is the jam. It's always in my ear. When I walk out of work, I put in my AirPods inside the lobby of my work and walk out. And I just, I'm always listening to something in music. But one of my favorite songs is a feel good song. It's like one of those ones I can get up to in the morning. I put it on while I'm getting ready for work a lot of the times. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. It's Dear to Me by Electric Guest. For Terrence, I am Nate. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.
clear to me and I know